Jesus' name. I just ask that you uh, break the bread for us tonight. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We need the power of your spirit so that we can continue to do the things that you've called us to do and to stand in faith in Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I want to speak on uh, a message I titled, Faith is Better, Sin, Then Heard. Faith is better seen than heard. Many times you hear people say a lot of things. They say, well, we believe I'm trusting God and believing God. <laughs> and, uh, and then you see something different when difficulties come or things don't go the way that they expect it to go. Uh, tonight, I want to really look into the subject of faith just to help you and I understand how we can stand with God and see God come through for us. Now, you know the story of the man Enoch. Enoch is the only other man that lived on earth and didn't see death, didn't taste of death. He went up to be with the Lord. Now, Enoch, if you don't know, was also a prophet. Jude 14 tells us that he prophesied about people living in our day. And he prophesied that God was coming with ten thousands of his saints to judge every man, those who have done ungodly things. So he was ten generations after Adam. Now Enoch, the Bible tells us that Enoch lived 65 years and then he had Methuselah. Many of you know Methuselah. Now, Methuselah is the one that we consider the oldest guy that's ever lived on earth. He lived for 969 years. Now, the Bible says after Enoch had Methuselah, he walked with God for 300 years. Walking with God. And in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, it says, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. He walked with God for 300 years. Now, if you look at the literal meaning of the word walk with God, means he pleased God for 300 years. That's one, one of the translations or the um, uh, manuscripts. Early manuscripts tells us that he actually, the word walk with God means he actually pleased God for 300 years. And he walked with God, pleased God, and he was not because God took him. Now, the way I see that, God was so pleased with this guy. He comes down every day. He spends time with with, uh, his friend, Enoch. And he gets late and God says, well, bye, I'll see you tomorrow. And one day, they got so late, God says, I don't want to come back tomorrow. I'll just take you with me. Let's go. (laughs) We're going up. You're not coming down here. But what was it about Enoch that pleased God? Now, what you need to understand, Enoch was a prophet, actually gave his son the name Methuselah. And that was a prophecy in that name. 
because Methuselah actually means that after his death, God will send the flood. After his death, God will send the flood. It's amazing that the, the guy that lived the longest had death in the meaning of his name. But he actually prophesied that, that that was going to happen. But he was taken off by God to be with him. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, it tells us why. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He had that testimony that he pleased God. How did they know that he, God had taken him? I'm sure he had friends. They were looking for him just like they were looking for Elijah. After God took him, they said, well, let's search around. Maybe it's on the other side of the mountain. Uh, Elisha said, that's a waste of time. <laughs> I saw him go. <laughs> if you want to do that, you can do it. But he's no longer around. And I'm sure a lot of people saw, knew that he pleased God by the way he lived. He didn't please God because he was sinless. He didn't please God because he was perfect. The main thing that pleased God about Enoch was his faith. Now, what is faith? We, we define what is faith? Faith is a very simple thing. If you want to define faith, faith is just believing that God will do what he said he'll do. That's as simple as that. Faith is just believing that God said this and he's going to do it. Now, what happens in life is all the circumstances around you will point to the fact that even though God said that, it's not going to happen. There's no way this is going to happen. And God lets you stay in that situation. And if you don't give up, if you don't let, it will eventually come to pass. That's the trial of faith. Your faith is going to be tested. If you have faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Once you hear a message of faith, regardless of what area of faith that you are hearing a word of God for, God will allow you to be tested in that area. And depending on what you do, God will know whether you've learned your lesson, you really learned it, God, there is genuine faith in your heart, or there is no faith. God will always test your faith. Now, what we said now is that Enoch was taken off to be with God, and he never tasted death. He's still with God today. That's really special. But then there was another special individual that God walked with, and that's Abraham. And I want to look at Abraham's life again here just to bring this point out about faith in God. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 and 2, it says, and it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. 
you can go back to Hebrews or you can read in your Bible. It is the test of faith for Abraham. God was testing his faith. That was the whole issue about this. God was just testing if he really trusted God. Now, as soon as Abraham heard about that, he said, early the next morning, your faith, you don't have to say a thing. You believe it in your heart, and I'll tell you why he did that. No argument, notice he didn't even tell his wife there will be an argument. He didn't say anything about it. The next morning, Abraham got two servants, and he said, let's go. He had Isaac with him. That was the child that was promised. That was the child God said, in you, in Isaac, shall, you know, your name be known. Just Isaac. And so he knew that. He had heard from the word of God. And so he took Isaac and they left. And after three days, now notice, God didn't say anything to Abraham, just watching him go. You know what I'll be doing? I'll be saying pretty soon he's going to tell me to quit this nonsense, right? Go back. Every day I'll be expecting to hear his word. Most people will quit after the first day and begin to wonder if God really spoke. Is this God or is it just me? But Abraham went and after three days he saw the mountain of Pharaoh and he told to, to the two servants with him. He said, you stay here with the donkey. I and the lad, we're going up to worship God and we're coming back to you. That was the word of faith. That was all Abraham said. Everything else was inside of him. He didn't know it was a test from God. But if you read in verse 22, I mean, uh, uh, verse 12 of chapter 22, he said this, God was speaking to Abraham when he lifted up his hand to, to kill his son. He says, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God. Now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. So that was when God really experienced Abraham's obedience, Abraham's faith. That was when God actually knew. We know that God knows all things, but only after Abraham acted in faith, lifted up his hand, as far as God was concerned, he's already done it. Now he says, don't do it, don't go through with it. And so God experienced that he knew. Your faith is going to be tested. God will test you in every area of faith. If you try to walk with God in a given area or you heard words concerning believing God in finances or your marriage in whatever area you try to believe God, that thing is going to be tested. Now, I've known of... Uh, I knew of a girl who wanted to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This was back in Georgia. She received the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And we told her this is a wonderful gift. You need this gift. He's going to help you to be more powerful in God. And she wanted the gift. College student. She got the gift and then went back home and called back and said, Why is it then that since I received the Holy Ghost, all I've been having is trouble? I got troubles coming after me. 
But that's exactly the way God does his things. He's going to prove you. God is going to test you to see if you truly believe what you're, ask, you're saying you believe. Now, in James chapter 2, verse 21, it says of Abraham, Was not Abraham our father justified by works? In other words, his faith, his action showed his faith when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar. Now, in verse 23, it tells us this, and the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Faith is what brings that friendship with God, just as we saw with Enoch. The closeness, you, you can't do it by the works of your hand. You can't do it by the works of righteousness. It's got to always be through faith. Faith in God. That's what brings God closer to us. Everything we do as Christians, everything that you accomplish as a Christian, is got to be through faith. No other way. This is the only way to do it, to go with God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know the story how they exercised faith in God in a very difficult circumstance. But they had been growing in faith and learning things about God before they got there. I'd like you to read with me in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. It says, if that is the case, this is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego speaking to the king who was telling them that if they didn't bow down and worship the golden idol that he's made, he was going to throw them into the furnace and destroy them. And he gave them the opportunity. He said, now nah, I want you, I'm being nice to you, I'll give you one more time, another opportunity to obey me. If you do it, you'll be okay. But if you don't do it, I'll see what God is going to deliver you from my hand. And this was their reply. They said, if that is the case, if that's what you're saying, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. They were very sure God will deliver us. But listen to this. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods. They haven't been, now, they didn't, the king didn't ask them. He had other gods. He made this one. But they're letting him know, we haven't been serving your gods, and we're not serving this one, this new one you got. We're not going to do it. So it's not a secret. We, we don't serve your God, and we're not going to serve this God. And if we have to die, we're ready to die. Our God is going to deliver us. Now, when you compromise because things get difficult, then you really didn't start in faith. Faith was not there. It's so important that we understand that faith is what God required from us. That's the only thing that pleases him. Nothing else. Your forgiveness, because you accept it by faith. You please him and you move on with it. Faith is what pleases him. They said, we're not going to do that. And we won't worship this golden arrow. Every time 
that you exercise faith, I mean serious faith, God does the unusual. Especially when it's a serious test. And it's a really painful thing. When your life is on the line, your family is going to hurt. And things are really difficult. And God is the one that's allowing you. Now, the devil has nothing to do with it. It's usually a test. If you act otherwise, the devil will get in it and make things really tough for you. But if you stand in faith, it's like God is never going to show up when, 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 and then he shows up, and he shows up big. That's the way he does his things. With Abraham, God swore by himself. He says, by my own self, because he had no one greater than himself. He said, I'm going to swear by myself. I will bless you. In blessings, I will bless you. Now I know. I'm not deceived. I know what I, what I know about this man. And after that, that's God is called after Abraham. He's the God of Abraham. And he's happy to be called that way. Now we should rack Meshach and Abednego. Jesus appeared with them in the fire. And so when we trust God and we don't back off, uh, God appears with us and stays with us and goes through the fire with us so we don't get burnt. Amen? That's the important thing. Faith is what pleases God. Now, I want to talk about four characteristics, four characteristics of faith in the heart. If you truly have faith in your heart, you do all of these four things. If you're not doing all of the four, it's a clear indication you really don't have faith in your heart. It's not there. So it's not what you say, it's what you're doing. Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, but without faith it is impossible it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when Enoch pleased God, when Abraham pleased God, and God called Abraham his friend, the only reason for that, faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Again, many times we're confused by faith and, you know, I try to wonder, do I really have faith? Oh, faith arises in me. I need to believe. You can't work it up. It doesn't work that way. It's already in you if you have accepted the word of God in whatever area. If you have doubt in a given area of the word of God, when the trouble comes, you'll still have doubt. It's just going to be, it's, it's just... It's, it's your nature. You understand what I'm saying? You've grown up with it. When you hear the word of God, if you've been eating that word of God in any area of your life. Now, some Christians are stronger in one area than other areas. You notice that? That's just the way it is. Depending on what kind of food you've been eating. <laughs> if you've been eating the food of unbelief, you, in a given area, guess what's going to happen when you're tested in that area? Your unbelief is going to show up. And you won't have victory. It's so important. The reason God wants us to have faith. And we come into that. Is so he can work in your life. 
and accomplish those things he wants to accomplish. Because that's the only thing. That's the currency for God. He doesn't know how to do a business without this. You don't have the money, there's no business here. This is the currency. So we really, since we know that faith only comes through the word of God, it behooves us to spend a lot of time not arguing with the word, but accepting the word so that the word will change us and mold us into his image because he's a faith God. But when you constantly argue with the word of God, yes, but, yeah, I, I know that, but once you do things like that, you have actually sown seeds of unbelief in you, and when you need God, he'll feel sorry for you, but he can't do anything. You don't have the money. No business here. So this is the only thing that pleases him. And if you have this, you will do this. The first thing is you will go to God. You come to him. That's the first thing. He tells us there, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God. You see, when you call, go to God, that's the first thing. You trust God. When you go through crisis in your life and the first thing you do is call a friend and we know what follows after that. Complains, right? You complain, well, why is this and all of that. When things get difficult, the thing to do is to go to God. That says you trust God. That in itself is a clear action in your life that tells God this is important to you. And that you are looking to him for the solution. And no one else. So you go to him. Doesn't mean you don't have to talk to anybody. Yes, you can call your brother and ask them to pray. You can talk to them. That's okay. But the one you're going to for this problem is God. If that's the case, then you have really started this walk of faith. That's the first thing. And the next thing is, it says in the word, he who comes to God must believe that he is. Uh, what is that supposed to mean? Have you thought about that? Yeah, I'm coming to God, so I must believe that he is. Well, I already know he's God. That's why I'm coming, right? So what does he mean? Must believe that he is. Basically, he's saying you must believe that with God, nothing shall be impossible nothing no matter what you're going through you're saying if i can get to god i'll be okay if i can get his ears and let if he will listen to me this is going to be solved what does god say about this that's what you're saying you remember the story of david when his men threatened to stone him to death he says he encouraged himself in the Lord, and he says he wanted to know what God thinks about what's going on, right? He called, bring this prophet, come on, do your stuff. Let me know what God says. And he says, God, can I go after them? Yes. God said, you can go. He says, okay, would you deliver them into my hand? Yes. I recover everything? Yes. He says, oh, good. Guys, come, let's go. I've heard from God. I've got to do, this is going to work out for us. So you must believe that with God, all things are possible. And God himself asked, is anything too difficult for the Lord? 
So that's what we need to do. That's the second thing. And then you must believe that God rewards those who seek him. You cannot seek God over anything and not find him. You may not find him the first day. But if you're seeking him, you'll find him. You'll find him. And the first thing, you will be diligent. You will be diligent in your search for him. Because he's your hope. No other hope. Even if there's a delay, you're still trusting him. I know he's going to come through for me. I know somehow God's going to help me. I'm not going to get discouraged with this. You remember what it says? In Jeremiah chapter 29, God says, I know my thoughts. I'm not confused about my thoughts towards you. They are good thoughts. I want to help you. He says, after you know that, he says, then you will go and you seek me. And he said, when you seek me, you'll find me. If you search for me with all, all of your heart, not divided, he is my last, this is my solution. God is going to help me. God, if you don't help me, it's, it's over. But he will not disappoint you if you really seek for him. I want to read that. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. And that's the same that he's thinking towards you tonight. Amen. That's what he's thinking towards you tonight. Says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil. You know, the word that peace, that shalom, that means prosperity, blessing. Just to make things well, so you have a sense of well-being. That's what he's saying, peace. Thoughts of peace. Now, if God's thinking that towards me, you can undo me. I just need to connect with his thoughts, and I'll be okay. God says, I'm not confused about what I'm thinking about you. All of this stuff that's happening around you, that's not me. My thoughts are only good towards you. And that's God thinking good things about me. I'll be okay. Amen? By and by, I will be okay. They can talk about what they see in the natural now, but I'm going to be okay. God is talking about me. He's thinking about me. So I'm going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Amen? Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future. So the future is bright. Can you say that? My future is bright. No matter what's going on today, no matter how tough it is today, if you will come to God just like Enoch did for 300 years before God said, Enough, I'll take you home now. Death, for you to die, that's too long. I'm taking you right away. <laughs> Amen. And then he called Abraham his friend. And you can read through the scripture. I am a friend of God. What you are saying when you sing that song, I am a friend of God, that says, I please God. Amen. I please him. I'm his friend. I'm his friend. I please him. He says, I know those thoughts. Then he says in verse 12, then you will call upon me. Once you know that his thoughts was you were good, that's when you call, really call. When you are in doubt about his thoughts towards you, you won't call. You won't go to him. But you call, really call. 
you call on me and go and pray to me. You see what he's saying? That's when you do it because you're trusting me. You will go and pray to me and I will listen to you. God is guaranteeing you, I'm going to listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. This is real consolation for me, okay? And it should be for every one of us. No matter what's going on, people, no matter what's going on, there is a God. I've said this over and over again. Sometimes when things confuse me, that's all I'm thinking about. God is. There is a God. And it's as easy as me kneeling right there and calling on Jehovah. I need help. And this little guy here, remember me, God? I'm all over here in Cyprus. I need your help. Help me. I, these things are too confusing for me. My enemies have grown. I, I don't know how to handle them. I'm not smart enough, but you're the smart one. Help me. And he says, when you do that, he will hear you. He will listen. He will help you. That's what he says. And so that's real faith. <laughs> I'd like you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19. Okay? I still have time, so I can go. Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 19. With there? So we see that they could not enter, that's enter into his rest because of unbelief. That's talking about the children of Israel. Do you know the, uh, the manifestations of unbelief just look at the children of israel that's the manifestation they couldn't enter into his rest because of what unbelief how could you tell they had unbelief they complained a lot right when you start complaining a lot guess what i can see it i don't have to hear it i can see it through your complaining when you cry, that's what they did, you know, with, in hopelessness, you know, they cried all night long. You remember, you can read the story. They cried all night long. They complained. They said, we're going to die in the wilderness. We're going to, this Moses, we don't know what's become. They just complain. When you find yourself complaining, it's, <laughs> whether it's against the leader, against God, whatever you're complaining about, regard, regarding the things that you're going through, you are not working in faith. That's just the manifestation of unbelief. Complain, griping, blaming others for your problems. If it were not this and that, why is God and all of that? That's just a cry. It's good to cry because he's hurting you, right? That's good. But it should be tears towards him. Not born out of frustration and complaining and all of that and if you catch yourself doing that and all of us have been there i go repent and ask god to strengthen me so i can move on because that's a ma clear manifestation of unbelief look at what happened to them 
they went into the promised land, came back with grapes and all of that. And they were excited about the grapes, but they were not too excited about the giants. Remember that? And they cried all night. And God doesn't like it. You can read in First uh, Corinthians chapter 10. It says, for many of them, God was not pleased because of their unbelief. Unbelief doesn't say you don't have uh, any faith in God. You have just allowed other things to come in to make you doubt God. And sometimes those things will take over. Why do they take over? Because of what you see in the natural. They are overwhelming. You've been there. I've been there. But we need to get up after that and begin to think about God thinks good stuff about me. So you go to God. You call on his name. You seek him diligently. Even though you're hurting. And you can cry doing that. Amen? But that says you are trusting in God. But you're not calling on God. You're calling on your friends and complaining and wanting to do crazy stuff. It's clear that you're not trusting God. And he's not there with you. And at that point, if faith pleases God, then when you're not acting in faith, what's going on? You're displeasing him. Because he's giving you his word. I believe that God wants every believer to begin to learn to trust him. And sometimes the difficulties are because he's trying to get you to get to a place where you don't need anybody, you can trust him. I mean, you've seen many times how... Uh, it seems like God heals people who are not saved and crazy outside in crusades. And the Christians are still sick. Have you wondered about that? Yeah. I've seen that and it confuses me many times. And that guy's a wicked guy. Why did you heal him, God? He's he just coming out of his wickedness. You know, he's excited about Jesus. And God allows your faith and his goodness. To minister to them. But after a while, God wants you to stand. Because you see, he wants every of his child to be an overcomer. You have to be an overcomer. First John 5 verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Did you get that? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world and that's a serious statement here so if you are born of god god is expecting you to overcome the world and this is what overcomes the world even our our faith this is the victory that overcomes the world our faith so when you are a child of god and god over wants you to be an overcomer of the world, and you can handle a little problem, where are we going to go from here? He wants you to be an overcomer. And it's your faith that's going to help you to be an overcomer. So after a while, as newborn babes, desire this sincere make of the world that you may grow thereby. That's what the word says. But after you're grown, God is expecting you to exercise your own faith and be an overcomer. 
the time to rely on faith of others gone. If you see a kid, well, a, a young man, he's 17, walking around with diapers and wants you to clean him up, that's going to be a really rough thing to do. But that's what's happening in the house of God. You know, God is not like he doesn't want to do help us. He is basically saying it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. It's time to begin to trust God for yourself. And it, it possibly is because you haven't been paying attention to God's word. Other things have been so important to you. Now trouble has come and you want to, you know, this fast food type thing bring it up the same day, a few hours is ready to go. It's not going to work that way. You have been negligent of God, God's word. You haven't been trusting God in the little things. Now, you got a big problem and you want God to help. It's, it's not that easy. Because all the unbelief, all seeds of unbelief will begin to rise up in you. So we really need to trust God and believe God. The key thing is maturity I don't have this scripture here, but I'm going to end with this. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. From verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, that's maturity, not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works, and of faith was God of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. That's all we preach, really, right? That's all we preach. And he says, don't let those go. But he says, those things are elementary. They should be foundational for you. Now is the exercise of your own faith to become an overcomer in God. And God will allow these things to come into your life just to test you in every single area of your life. When I was a new Christian, um, I had this guy that lived with me, and he was real trouble. I mean, he made trouble for me a lot, and, uh, and I was not happy with it. And, but pastor saw it differently. Pastor thought he was a good guy, and I was, cost, I was really not too happy with him because in church he was really, he was all over the place. So he looked good at church. But at home he was really tough for me. And I didn't know how to let pastor know he wasn't as good as <laughs> He wasn't as good at home as he was in church, you know. And uh, I, I didn't know how to say it. But one day, I told the guy that brought me to the Lord, I said, look, uh, I'm really having a lot, of, a lot of trouble with this guy. God, I need help. And he said, uh, uh, I, I guess I told him I needed you know, patience so I can handle him. So he said, well, that's okay. I'll pray for patience for you. Uh, let me pray for troubles to come. I said, look, I asked for patience, not troubles, okay? I have enough troubles. He said, well, the patience will be... The trouble is going to bring you the patience. I said, I, didn't, I don't want this part. This part. I'm not going to pray with you about that. 
I need deliverance from trouble, not, <laughs> not that. But what happens in Christianity is God allows these difficulties because he's trying to build something in you that is eternal. Build a fruit in you that somebody will eat in the future to bring them to God. So the key thing is to begin to know and understand that difficulties come not because God wants to get you down. He's taking you higher. And there's no need to complain. The thing to do is seek him when it doesn't make sense until God gives solution. Amen? Let's stand up tonight. We are in uh, very difficult times. The world is going crazy. And the enemy is really busy. But uh, no matter what's going on in your life, I will encourage you. God is still your friend. Amen. We are friends of God. And God has called us friends. And he's taking care of us. Even if you're going through circumstances that don't make sense to you, God is still at work in our lives. And God still will take care of his own. I'd like to, to, I'd like to remind you what Jesus said. If you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, in other words, you know how to take care of your own, how much more shall your heavenly father take care of his own? And you are his tonight. And he wants to meet every need in your life. It may not be overnight, but know that if you stay with God and say nothing against what he says, but tell him from your, with your own lips, that you trust him, that you believed in him. There's a lot I could say about the days of Enoch. That was days going down towards the flood. But they were living for God. Even though a lot of evil stuff was going on around them, they still trusted their God. Amen. Let's lift our hands tonight. And you want to thank him for the good things that are coming your way. Believe God and I'm believing God with you for our church for our community for your own life for your prosperity because it is the will of God let's not imagine how he's going to do it he never does it our way his ways are much higher than our ways but good is coming your way blessings are coming your way because our God is still on the throne and you belong to him he has not forgotten you he has not forgotten you. He is preparing something bigger than you. Something bigger than what you actually dreamt of. Father God, we thank you. We stand in faith because of what Jesus has done. And because of the power of his blood that's at work in our lives. You are now living in us. You live in us. We're not perfect, but you live in us. The Holy One lives in us. And you've made us holy unto our God. And so we know without a doubt that good things are coming our way. And we will have that peace that passes knowledge according to your word. Thank you, Lord God, for ministering to us tonight through your word. We will seek you diligently. And we're sure we will find you 
in the area of life that we are seeking our God, we will find you according to your word. You cannot lie, so we know we have found you because we are seeking you with all of our heart. And no enemy can do anything to us because we are in God and in Christ. Great days are ahead of us. And we're grateful to you, our God. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.